0: Welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage. This podcast is dedicated to helping attorneys earn more money, get better clients, and spend more time with family. I'm your host, Alej Yajnik, founder of Law Firm Success Group. Smart business guidance for small law firms begins in three, two, one. And it's my pleasure to welcome to Lawyer Business Advantage Carrie Kobe White, CEO of Carrie James. Carrie, how are you today?
1: I'm wonderful. I thank you for taking some time to chat with me.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to getting into it today. I know our audience is going to get a lot of really good nuggets from what you have to say. And the question I have for you is, uh, what would you say to the owner of a small law firm who doesn't have data on where their leads are coming from or how many leads are converting into actual clients?
1: Oh, great question. I'm so glad you started there. Start now. Start collecting that data. If lawyers, I've been saying for a while, lawyers have been living in this lawyers only land for a really long time. And that's really changing. We're seeing a lot of influence in the industry from outsiders who are now in, in a few states even allowed to have ownership stakes in law firms. So you are gonna be competing with financial investors, marketing folks, technology people as well. So really we're going to have to compete with the people who are using their data. And if we look outside the industry, the most successful companies in the world right now are companies who are utterly data-driven. So how do we make that happen for law firms? Well, we start with call tracking, certainly, which uh, if you haven't used CallRail, I strongly recommend something of that nature. And at its simplest level, asking folks where they heard from uh, heard of you. And that, that's the most basic way to collect data. I think sometimes... For the smaller firms in particular, you get a little overwhelmed with the idea of data collection. But data collection can be as simple as asking people where they heard about you and collecting that information. So it doesn't have to be technical. It can be rather manual, but you have to be collecting that information one way or another. If you are using digital campaigns, then you're getting that data hopefully in the form of UTM parameters or click codes whatever it may be that is telling you where this information came from. And one of the harsh realities of it is you need to know your numbers. So if you are new, start collecting that data today. If you are not so new, it's not too late. You have to start collecting that data.
0: So Carrie, your firm, Carrie James, actually takes law firms through this process. And share with us a story about a law firm. You know, when you started working with them, what their situation was, and then, uh, you know, what changes you made with regards to data driven. Keep it at a high level, you know, for our audience. And sure. then we'd love to hear the result yeah. of of that.
1: Well, I think the the biggest issue that we have found with clients that we consult on the data side is that they they kind of, like I said, most attorneys that we speak with do not sit us down and say, "Hey, Carrie these these are our KPIs, our key performance indicators. We're missing the mark. How can you help?" The fact is that most really don't know their numbers and knowing your numbers is really important to improving those numbers. Um, you can't fix what you don't acknowledge. And so you have to get a grip of of where you currently are. So when James and I move into an organization, the first thing we look at is getting a handle of the tracking. How many calls are coming in? How many of those? You know, one of the things that drives me crazy away is. Everybody thinks they're converting 75 to 90 percent of their of their leads. They don't even know what they're missing. And so setting the, the the tracking mechanisms in place from the very beginning is the first step in figuring out how to improve it. You can't fix what you don't understand is even broken. So just beginning that collection, like I said, whether it's just Asking people where they came from or setting up those call tracking numbers is just the beginning of collecting the data. And we have to establish some baseline somewhere. If you look at companies like Netflix, Disney, Amazon, all these huge name companies, they are growing based on their data. So, uh, a typical scenario for us is, is a firm will call us in and say, we don't know where to begin. Or I'd say that's actually the more common state. Sometimes we find folks who say the biggest issues with their data are they can't get it easily enough. You know, they're running around trying to tap into all these different resources to get their hands on the data. Or, you know, some folks who really just don't even understand what what data they have. So, we have to start to identify that data The reality is wherever you are in the data journey from, I don't really even know what data is, to I'm very data-driven, you are somewhere between those two marks, and our goal is always just to help you go further so that you are competing, actively competing with the firms who are looking at that data. And as we see across every industry, there's a lot of merging, a lot of monolith firms coming about, regional firms, they're looking at their data. And the small firms need to do the same, and it is possible.
0: And the good news is small firms can, and we're going to get to that a little bit later on here uh, on the show today. Yeah, but um, just to make this really, really relevant to our audience, share with us, if you will, like maybe compare and contrast. If a law firm is gathering data on their lead sources and their conversion rate, how does that actually help them in their business? And how does that contrast with a firm that's just kind of making decisions about uh, marketing just based on gut feel?
1: Absolutely. Well, I I think we have to acknowledge that, you know, attorneys by training, they are taught to be skeptical. They are to question everything and, and use their experience, their internal judgment. And so when we tell attorneys to look at the data, I think that's a hard ask for a lot of people who have been trained in the unique way to think like a lawyer. And so if you you almost have to set aside your law, your lawyer hat for just a moment to really dive into the data and then layer your lawyer hat on top of that, because there's a big difference LA, between data and intelligence. Data is that raw fact figure, black and white, little bits and pieces of, of information. Intelligence is what we derive from that data. And if you have an understanding of your business. You have an understanding of your clients. You have an understanding of the industry at large. That's when the data becomes really valuable. And so I want small firm owners in particular to start thinking like a data translator. You have to look at the data, but then bring in your meaning your understanding, your experience to that data. So for a small firm, for example, you may be able to look back at the last six years and say, wow, we really surge in the summer. Q1 is our slowest and Q3 is our greatest volume of cases. So knowing that now I get to use my lawyer hat and make some decisions. And so maybe the decision is, gosh, I'm going to pull back on my marketing spend in Q1 because there just doesn't seem to be a ton of activity. Whereas in Q3, we're ringing off the hook. So I bet if I double down in Q3, I can actually generate some more volume. So that's the balance between data and attorney thinking and, and, and lawyer experience. We want you to bring that incredible training and experience into your data and look at your data as a data translator. What can I learn from this and how can I apply it?
0: That's it exactly. The question that comes up often when we work with law firms is that, you know, one of the first questions that they'll ask is, you know, they'll say, LA, should I spend more money on SEO and and pay-per-click? And so then I ask them, well, where are your clients coming from? And they kind of look at me and say, well, I don't, I mean, I kind of think they're coming from here, they're coming from there, but I don't really know. And so when we end up tracking it, sometimes we find out their best clients come from referrals not from paperclip or you know or online searches and then we're able to calibrate their marketing spend and their time accordingly
1: Right. And, and you make such a good point. We don't know. In another market, that could be a completely inverse relationship. You may get next to nothing in referrals and be killing it with SEO. We don't know until we tap into that information. And it's really valuable information to tap into. James is the yin to my yang. I'm definitely more of an intuitive, gut feeling kind of gal. And James is hardcore data-driven, black and white, And one of the things I learned early in our relationship was that when he tells me he doesn't care, he doesn't mean he doesn't care. He means he's going to wait for the data. And so if I'm saying, I don't know, I think we should go with this subject line for an email. He tells me he doesn't care which way we go. We're just going to let the data tell us. It's one of my Favorite quotes about data from Jim Barksdale, who was the CEO of Netscape, which was one of our earliest big name tech companies. Jim Barksdale said, if we have data, let's look at the data. If all we have are opinions, let's go with mine.
0: (laughs) I love that love that. And it's yeah, so good. And so, I,
1: every attorney should take that one. You can use that in your office all day long. <laughs> get
0: that get that posted up on a big sign. <laughs> That's one of the values that you can have just by tracking your leads and then also by looking at conversion rate. Holy smoke. So, let me let yes. me show you an example of how this rolls out with our clients. Um we'll typically ask them, you know, okay, so out of the consults that you have, what percentage of those clients actually sign your fee agreement? And we have to be very specific about that. Consults to sign fee agreements, if you just say, uh, how many clients do you get out of every call you receive that that's kind of wishy-washy. So for a specific out of the consults, how many fee agreements do you get signed? And whatever that number is, if that number is, you know, let's say the number is lower than we expect. So if it's lower than 60% for us, that's a real sign we have to jump in and do something. And uh, that really allows us to start unpacking that whole consultation process to see Absolutely. where we can change things, right? So that the percentage of signed fee agreements goes way up to 60, 75, you know, 80%. But without the data, we don't know where to start.
1: Exactly. We don't even know if it's a problem. Right. And and I think that's, that's where you really, the data is always going to have its value to you if you choose to learn from it. Uh, we had a client recently who in a span of six weeks had six one-star reviews. It was a huge red flag that we were able to say okay where's the breakdown and every single one was at the same point in the engagement where we had a major flaw to fix and so when you're looking at the data you can get information that is really transformative and so especially when it comes to la with the with the consult in particular that's something that's taking really valuable time and you want to win these people over if you aren't converting and you're really losing out there because you've spent time with that person and that's gonna cost you uh, not only financially, but also just in a matter of time.
0: So Carrie, when we talk about owners of small law firms, we want them to know the numbers. For you, if yeah. you're working with an owner of a small law firm, what are the top, you know, three to five numbers that they should know?
1: Sure. Well, I think the most important number when it comes to growing your law firm is simply return on investment. And I'm really keen on the idea of investing in your business. You have to spend money to make money. Tracking data is going to help inform you where you should spend it. Now, I think it's really important that you understand kind of, I'll say, globally, what am I spending at large? And I mean, taking the attorney up the street out to lunch every month that's money you're spending on marketing because if you develop a great relationship with him, hopefully he'll be spending business your way. So at large, what are you spending? What are you generating? That's your ROI. Keep that very, very simple. At the campaign level, if you are running any specific digital campaigns, you're spending on SEO, etc., you do want to look at those individual costs. And here's, again, where the data becomes so valuable. I have a client who um, has a very inexpensive campaign that generates a high volume of personal injury leads. That high volume almost always results in a 1% conversion rate. So we get a 100 calls to the office to sign one client. Now, relative to the cost of that campaign, I can tell you hands down, it's a winning campaign. It is dirt cheap. And over the last three years, we can count on one to 2% like clockwork. But I cannot busy an intake team screening 100 calls to sign one case. Absolutely unacceptable. And so when I look at the data, it tells me, okay, I want this one case every month, but I have to come up with a better solution. So looking at specific campaigns you know things like the like a you know a facebook campaign a uh, your seo spend youtube campaign those are every bit as as important as the overall spend but the most important number is what is my return on investment so get the global number first and then start looking a little bit more closely at those individual campaigns The other thing that I think is absolutely critical to know is that conversion rate. Because that conversion rate, how many screenings versus how many signed retainers, that's going to inform a lot about your reputation, your intake team, your sales push. And this there is a degree of sales here. I spend a lot of time working with firms on intake. And the reality is that, you know, folks kind of think of themselves as doing all the work in an intake that I'm just screening them. And if they meet my criteria, I sign them up. And that's a really faulty mindset. It is a mutual screening process. So your intake team needs to be selling your firm. If you aren't actively converting, then there has to be some reason why people who meet your criteria aren't converting. And we need to study that as well.
0: Awesome, love that. And earlier on in the in the show, we said, you know, this looks like a lot for the owner of a small law firm to handle, um, but there is a way to do it. So, if again, Carrie, for the owners of small law firms that are listening, the attorney entrepreneurs that are that are listening, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: how can they, if they own a small law firm, invest, you know, and and get this data fast, easy, something that they can do while they're doing everything else.
1: Well, here's the thing, like, when it comes to data, there I can promise you if you have uh if you're working with a marketing team or you're working with a call center or you've got folks in in house who are looking at your reviews, you've got data. I can promise you you've got data. What's lacking is centralizing that data. So you've got to be the CEO of your law firm. You've got to say, "Hey, marketing man, I need you to join me with my intake team so we can actually see if any of these clicks converted into clients because Clicks don't pay the bills. Clients do. So you've got to you've got to collaborate. You've got to break down the silos between teams. I know you and I have talked about this briefly before we before we turned on here. La James and I have spent the last five years working with firms at a very intense level. Really getting in their business, spending a year with them at a very intense level. What we've done after five years of those high end consulting engagements is we built a machine. A machine by definition is designed to help people spend less time energy and effort to achieve some outcome. And what we've done is we we built a machine for law firms to grow that centralizes all of this data and breaks down the silos and facilitates reputation building and call tracking and intake conversion. So you've got to be aware first and foremost about what the needs are in your business. You know, if you feel like things are going well but you just don't have enough communication between your teams then be the CEO of your law firm bring these teams together if you are actually lacking data because you're not working with teams well then you need to look at what kind of tools you need and certainly you know groups like 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 you or I that work with these firms are going to be invaluable resources to help you make that mark and the thing again goes back to investing in your business. We have to stop thinking of things like marketing as expenses. Stop thinking of growth growth consultants as expenses. These are investments, and any good investment is going to have a positive ROI. You just have to track it.
0: Love that, absolutely spot on. I, I look forward to hearing more about the law firm growth machine. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Mm-hmm. The other uh, point to mention is that. The practice management software that's available to you, whether it's you know, Clio or Practice Panther or any of the other awesome tools that are out there, there's a lot that those uh, platforms can do, maybe not on the uh, lead generation client acquisition side, but on the productivity and finance side. So. Uh, if you're interested in getting more involved with those things oftentimes just setting up a call with your advisor from those you know that software platform can really help you unlock the full power of that software so that it is enabling you to make really really smart decisions
1: exactly and i th- i think that you know lawyers again this unique character this unique training lawyers expect a lot of themselves and so they kind of have this i got to do it myself sort of mentality When it comes to the the vast array of software tools out there now, it's a minefield. So work with consultants who know this information better than you do because you it can be overwhelming. Implementation can be it can be exhaustive and costly. So really leverage the the people who know this stuff because it it can be transformative to your practice if you get it done right,
0: absolutely. So Carrie, tell us a little bit about the Law from Growth Machine book that you're putting together.
1: Oh, uh, well, it's been a, a labor of love. I'll say that. I certainly see a lot of challenges in this space. Costs are high. There are a lot of vendors who want to quote unquote help you, but I think they're um, a little greedy and trying to take a piece uh, that doesn't necessarily belong to them. And so I feel like lawyers have a lot of decisions to make and they haven't been adequately prepared to, to run a business. And so I think what we've put together is a soup to nuts concept for growing a law firm, which is Generating the flywheel effect in your business. Flywheel effect was a business phrase coined by Jim Collins. He's the author of Good to Great. And it is how it, it answers the question how do we generate business that builds momentum and therefore generates more business on the back end? And for law firms, I think it's a very simple model. You need to get leads that convert to clients. You need those clients to become advocates for your firm, and you need those advocates to enhance your reputation, build your profile so that you generate more attention and therefore more leads. What we've built is, like I said, it's a machine. It's designed to make the work of converting leads to clients, clients to advocates, advocates to attention in a less time-intensive, more user-friendly way so that Attorneys can meet these challenges and not have to sell out to that regional firm up the street. I just hate seeing these smaller firms not be able to sustain themselves. I want these smaller firms to be relevant. They're doing great work. They just need a little bit of help making a predictable, sustainable business.
0: Love that and, and love the fact that you're equipping the owners of these firms so that they're not being outgunned by these larger law firms. That's awesome.
1: They don't have to be. There's plenty of work to go around. And I, I think what, one of the things I need smaller firm owners to internalize is that you may be the best at what you do, but it's often just the best known that gets the attention. And so you need to in- invest a bit in your reputation, invest a bit in your in your marketing and measure that so that you can you can say this was a positive return on investment. If you invest a little upfront and you generate the flywheel effect, then you are building on that momentum and that's when it becomes unstoppable. It is possible.
0: And Kerry, where can people find the Law Firm Growth Machine?
1: The Law Firm Growth Machine is available at Co. so that's K-E-R-R-I, james, the boy's name, dot .co, slash book. Uh, And we will be launching on Amazon, I'd say soon, but not quite yet. So we're going to do a private release first. The law firm growth machine, I think, is really valuable to those smaller firms who, like you said, Alay, it's the overwhelm of having case management software and hiring someone to do marketing and trying to sit over your reputation online. And there are a lot of bits and pieces. And I think we've made something that Really brings all those bits and pieces together in an affordable, effective way that any, any lawyer can, can execute. Uh, and, and it's, like I said, it's become a, a real passion project. I don't want to see, uh, smaller firms, uh, go away. I think we need them.
0: Well, congratulations on on publishing this book. I'm looking forward to checking it out as well.
1: It's in the mail, LA. I promise you that.
0: And Carrie, what are some of the things that you're looking forward to uh with Carrie James with your firm over the next year or so?
1: Yeah, so I well, and I, I can't necessarily say that I'm looking forward to what I think is coming, so much as I'm making a rally cry to attorneys. Like I said, we are looking at a real shifting um demographic when it comes to the legal space. There's uh, a lot of money coming into the space, which scares me, if I'm honest. You know, I think that really, I think we're going to see a huge intake. Uh, excuse me, a huge uptick in the number of cases that go to trial because I think there are going to be investors behind litigation. Um, we are going to see the influence of financial, marketing, and technology folks competing with these lawyers. Um, that's already happened in states like Arizona and Utah, and so I, I really do want these smaller firms to understand now that you have to make changes. Um, you know the, the, the data shows <laughs> there's there I am with the data again, I'm a big fan of the data. The data shows that lawyers typically outcompete the market when the going gets tough. Lawyers are made of some pretty tough stuff, but they tend to not make a move until they have to. Um, I think we're poised for change. The digital natives, the, the the 40-year-olds who have known technology their whole life, they are coming into the C-suite. And I think they're going to have a dramatic effect on how practices are managed and grown. So I don't necessarily know that I can say it's, quote unquote, something I'm looking forward to so much as something that I'm passionate about. I think lawyers need to have their eyes wide open that You know, it's not just a service, a little, a little, quote unquote, service industry that is run by lawyers and for lawyers. Um, It's really changing. And I think we need our eyes wide open that we need to look a bit outside the industry to see what the other industries are doing and how we can uh, compete in what really is a fourth industrial revolution. Uh, The rise of automation, AI and data, it has to be part of your business plan. And if it isn't, You're going to find it very hard um, in the next five years. And and I say five years, really stretching it because the fact is things are changing very, very quickly right now.
0: Yeah. Five years is an an absolute eternity in business these days.
1: If people people want to reach you, what's
0: the best way for them to do that?
1: Well, please connect with me on LinkedIn. It's Carrie Kobe White. Kobe is C O B Y. Um, I'm also the same handle on Facebook and Instagram. I'd really love to connect with people. We are building a community around the law firm growth machine because, like I said, I want people to be armed and ready to go as things change. I'm really proud of what we've done. It comes from, you know, the last five years specifically working with client facing firms. Um, I spent a decade before that. Um, working with attorneys more on the softer skills, the business development side of things. And uh, combined, I think it makes for a really unique unique perspective on how lawyers need to serve right now, which is accepting the fact that this is a service-based industry. You need to do great work for your clients, um, make raving fans of the folks that you work with, but leverage the tools, the automation, the AI, the data to make really brilliant business decisions so that you can enjoy the life you planned as an attorney.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Well, Carrie, thank you very much for being on Lawyer Business Advantage today. It was a pleasure having you.
1: It's a pleasure speaking with you. I'm excited for your community. You've got a great, a a great message for folks here. It, it, It is okay to be a small firm and really you can still achieve great things.
0: Oh, it's totally okay to be a small firm. I mean, in some ways, it's the perfect thing to be a small firm. So yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on your book, uh, Law Firm Growth Machine. Thank you. Thanks again for being on Lawyer Business Advantage. A pleasure. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Lawyer Business Advantage podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you tune in to listen. And I want to hear from you. So connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know what you think of this episode. And if you are a solo or an owner of a small law firm, and you're looking to earn more money, attract better clients, or reduce your stress, we would love to talk with you to see how we can help. Request your free law firm assessment by visiting lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. Again, that URL is lawfirmsuccessgroup.com. We look forward to talking with you soon. Thank you for listening. My name is Ale Yajnik. Until next time, remember, you can seize freedom. You can embrace happiness. You can build your perfect practice.